This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello. This is coming on a Christmas Eve. Happy Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. This is the Witch's Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast. And I'm Karen. And I'm Megan. And we've got a double episode. Yay! That's all we do for the holidays. Except we're not doing it for New Year's Eve. (laughs) We can't do that for New Year's. we got a lot going on. We're both both going out of town. Yeah. We're not going to do a double episode for New Year's Eve, but that's okay. It's fine. I'm saying that's okay to us. That's okay. It's okay. It's 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 fine. I'm having like anxiety about it already. My insides. So we have, Kara has a murder. Murder. And I have a witch. Yes. It's it's an actual like killing spree. Um, oh, like a Christmas killing spree? It, yeah. Wow. This is what we choose to do, you know? <laughs> On purpose, we we learn all these things. Yeah. And you guys are right here with us. Welcome. Yeah. You're our people. Mm. Okay. So Doyle Burke, a Dayton homicide detective, was quoted saying, it will never be forgotten by the public because it was so heinous. Heinous? Heinous. Heinous. It's so like a penitentiary. It's so heinous. And so sinister, even in the light of the things that are going on today, he's never going to forget it. Oh, geez. These all started as like petty robberies. One was over a plaid coat, a pair of sneakers, and $44. And then they escalated into what they considered joy killings. Joy killings? Uh Hmm. Megan, we joyfully eat Reese's Christmas trees. That's true. I wouldn't say that a killing is joyful. No. God, that's yep. so... Um, no. The detective was quoted saying they were just killing people randomly for nothing. Literally nothing. There was not even a motive in the cases. It was just for fun. How many people? Oh, you just wait. Okay. He said they were like a shark. Once they tasted blood, they couldn't stop. There were four people convicted of the killings. They were part of a squad called Downtown Posse. They spent most of their days bumming money on the courthouse plaza. Downtown Posse. Downtown Posse, Megan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So December 24th, 1992, Christmas Eve, super early. Laura Taylor was 16 and her boyfriend, um, Marvelous? Ma- wait, no. Marvelous is his name? Do you think that's what his mom named him? Marvelous? Is it Marvelous? It's M-A-R-V-A-L-L-O-U-S. Help so us. it's not spelled like marvelous, but it's marvelous, right? Help us, guys. Marvelous. Mm-hmm. I don't Mar-val-os. know. Make it not be marvelous. <laughs> That's all I really want. Anyways, he was 19. So Taylor uh-huh. is the girl whose boyfriend was marvelous. Marvel. He was marvelous, and he convinced Taylor that she needed to rob a man, um, and they figured he would just pay him for sex. 
They were just like, you know what? We're just going to try to rob him. Let's see if he'll have sex and pants. That's fine. She called Joseph Wilkerson, 34, and promised him an orgy. She's 16, guys. Just... Uh, and then, another part of the plan, they recruited a 20-year-old Heather Nicole Matthews, who had she'd just been released from prison a few months earlier. Burke said Taylor was tough as nails. Tough as nails. And the intellectual leader of the group, she also proved capable of murder. Burke's the detective. Yeah, the detective. Yeah. So, Taylor, Taylor, the 16-year-old, was the ringleader of the downtown posse. Uh. He said she was tough as nails. You know, Lauren will be 16 next year. <laughs> I'm just trying to, as nails. I'm just trying to imagine Lauren being like, no. No. Okay. So they uh, bound Wilkerson to a headboard in his bedroom with electrical cords. And they went through the house, found a 32 caliber Derringer. And Keen used that to shoot Wilkerson in the chest. Matthews later testified at her trial in 1993 that Taylor put a 25 caliber weapon to Wilkerson's head and shot him a second time. So then they went through his house, stole his car, used it to hunt for more victims. They went to Neal Avenue, and they now included Matthews' 17-year-old boyfriend, Demarcus Maurice Smith, found 18-year-old Danita Gullett talking on a payphone. Danita is senior at Patterson Cooperative High School. And the mother of a two-year-old was a complete stranger to these people. They had no clue who she, she was. She just happened to be there. Yep. She was shot for her Fila tennis shoes. Oh, God. What? Why? Because these people are idiots. The police department said they found her outside the telephone booth with five gunshot wounds. For her Fila tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. You could have just robbed her. You didn't have to kill her. They found the casings, like, next to her body. So then the investigator said, well, these are going to help us later, like, tie these events together. Because they were so just, like, senseless and random. For some reason, they just left casings everywhere. They also took her coat and her backpack, which contained 50 cents. Mm -hmm. So then they returned to the deceased man's house and stayed the night. It doesn't say anything about them being on drugs or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, what? They just all together decided this was a good idea mm-hmm. and nobody thought maybe not. Yeah. Maybe we should stop. Yeah. No, no, no. They didn't because when they got back to his house, the deceased's house that night, they were like, you know what? Let's, let's just um, take this Christmas Eve up a notch and uh, try to find another victim. Let's do this. Let's do this. So Matthew's ex-boyfriend, Jeffrey Wright Smith, one of the people with him, put four bullets into Wright's legs, according to the police. But he said that he escaped to a neighbor's house and survived. Oh. They said that the Wilkerson's killing gave them a base of operation and a vehicle. They could have stopped by just gagging him, but I don't think that was ever in their game plan. Wow. Yeah. So December 25th, 1992, Christmas Day, 16-year-old Taylor coaxed her boyfriend, Richmond Maddox, who was 19, from his parents' home, and they left in his car. The others followed behind in that other man's car. They were just, like, super suspicious about cars that were, like, following them. And Maddox was just like, ah, I don't know that this is like, no, I feel like something's going on. So he just like accelerated and was like freaking out. And then Taylor put the gun to his right temple and shot him. While he's driving? Uh Uh-huh. How did that work out? Uh, She bailed out of the car before it crashed onto Benton Avenue. (sighs) Yeah. 
ex-boyfriend. What's your, what's your plan here? Like, she just climbs into his car, ex-boyfriend gets shot in the head, and so she goes back and gets in the deceased's car that was trailing him, like, following him so she could get away. She's just lost her mind. Yeah. This is all the same night? Oh, well, no, it's Christmas, Christmas Day. morning now. The detective said that spree killers are exceedingly violent, often choose their victims at random, and kill for the enjoyment of it. She's 16 this on a killing terrifying. spree. Christmas killing spree. Sarah Abram was a mother of three. She'd gotten a hand-drawn picture from her daughter for Christmas. And a day later, she became the fourth victim of this Christmas posse. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. December 26, 1992, Abram or Abraham was behind the counter at a shortstop mini market. And it was a little family-owned grocery. It was on West 5th Street. And 16-year-old Taylor decided to go into the space. Minutes later, the rest of the group came in uh, and they shot poor Sarah twice in the head. They left similar shell casings on the ground next to her body. There was a witness in the store and they were shot in the hand and the stomach, but they survived. Whew. Yeah. Um... This time they stole $44 instead of 50 cents. Yeah, the 50 cents earlier is just terrible. Yeah, so they continued to move around the city. They started switching out license plates from stolen vehicle to stolen vehicle. So police wouldn't recognize um, the plate as listed as stolen. Then they started getting nervous, thinking that you might have a snitch in this group. Somebody's got a snitch on us. <laughs> Taylor, Keen, Matthews, and Smith were in the group. Turned on two of their own. On the witness stand, Matthew said the group believed Wendy Cotterell, 16, and Marvin Washington, 18, could implicate them on their previous deaths. So they were like, mm, our friend group is getting a little getting a little fishy here. I think somebody's going to say something. Oh, my God. So after they killed Sarah, they picked up Wendy and Marvin, and they got some beer and wine. And then Keen was like, you know what? I gotta go pee. I'm gonna pull into this gravel yard over here and uh, I'm gonna pee real quick. So Smith and Keen ordered Wendy and Marvin out of the car, marched them behind a large pile of dirt and killed them. They didn't find these bodies until the killers were in custody. Wow. Yeah. So December 26, 1992, these were the fifth and sixth victims. This is the of, same day. Yeah. Okay. It was just insane. So they just started with this one guy, mm-hmm. the guy that they, that she had tried to get to have sex with her. Yeah. For me. And from there, they just, it's like once they killed him. They couldn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was bad. Like so bad. So then a woman airing up her tires at Salem Avenue gas station could have been the seventh, but she ran away when her Dodge Shadow was stolen at gunpoint. So they just took her car. So... <laughs> They said her dog's shadow. And I was like, how do you steal a dog's shadow? What's happening? (laughs) How do you steal a dog's shadow? No, her dodge. I got it. That makes a lot more sense. I don't know. So where did this happen? What city are we in? Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Yeah. Police said 72 hours after the first killing, Dayton Police Sergeant John Huber saw a suspicious vehicle similar to this Dodge Shadow. He called in a plate check. It didn't come back to a Dodge Shadow, so it was like bad ta- bad plate on it or whatever. Yeah. So he's like, uh, guys, we got a we got a problem here. Stolen vehicle. So they swarmed the car. And they said, you know, after they like this crazy killing spree, we thought we were going down with a gunfight. They said they were fine. Said Smith ran into a nearby house but was captured while the other three, Keen Matthews and Taylor, were taken into custody without any issues. They were just like, yep, we're here. They didn't even fight it after all of that? Mm -mm. Why? I don't know. That's so weird. 
Huber, who's now the director of public safety for Sinclair Community College, said afterwards he learned that Taylor had ordered Keen to shoot Huber, but for some reason he did it. Taylor had ordered. Like, yeah. she's 16. And she said, shoot it's the It's like cop. she's a mob boss. Or shoot the cop. And he wouldn't. The guy wouldn't. Huber said, it was a tragic crime at Christmas, a tough time of year. It's sad that we couldn't have gotten to them sooner. There was no rhyme or reason. There was no pattern. So, yeah, I mean, they probably were finding this, all these deceased bodies and they had no idea, like none of right. them Right, I mean, connected. when it's completely random like that, how do you even yeah. begin to investigate? It would take yeah. a while. Burke, who includes the Christmas killing in a book he's writing about his career, said the case exemplifies how homicide squads and uniformed officers working together can solve even the most difficult crimes. This is one of the cases I'm most proud of. Taylor and Matthews are serving life sentences for murder at the Ohio Reformatory for Women in uh, Marysville. While Smith is serving a life murder sentence in Mansfield Correctional Institute. July 21st, 2009, Keene, who was convicted on five of the killings, was executed by lethal injection in the Southern Ohio Correctional Facility in Lucasville. Wow. He had no last words. I mean, she was 16. Yeah. They're all young, though, because Heather was 20. Yeah. 18, 19. Yeah. And it's just like, your life is over. Why? Just because one night you freaking lost your mind? Completely. Over the span of, what, three days? I'm so curious about, I don't know, was she ever in trouble before then? Like, what's her story? Well, (laughs) Christmas time, guys. Merry Christmas, y'all. Let's take a quick commercial break, Uh and then we'll come back for... Is it an anger ad? I mean, it might be an anger ad. (laughs) Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my haircut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all over Mm -hmm. again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately mm-hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over yeah. the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's gonna be so tangled not with this one nice and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o beauty.com 
using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Menopausal and perimenopausal women, listen up. It's time to take control of your health and comfort and Winona is here to help. Winona is a telemedicine company for menopause care who believes that your symptoms are real, important, and deserve to be taken seriously. And for many women, this starts with hormone replacement therapy. Winona's HRT is made with plant-based, bioidentical hormones rather than synthetic ones, so it better aligns with your body to offer relief from hot flashes, weight gain, and other uncomfortable symptoms. 80% of women who use Winona find relief within just 90 days. So what are you waiting for? Get started today. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use code SPRING24 at buywinona.com for 25% off your first treatment plan. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com for 25% off. Winona, menopause care made easy. Welcome back from the commercial break. Commercial. We hope that you enjoyed that ad Congrats. that you have never heard before in your life. <laughs> You're welcome. I hope you join us. Okay. <laughs> Last year, we told you about two Christmas witches. Yeah, we did. Le Belfana of Italy and Grilla, Grilla of Iceland. So my gift to you this holiday season is another Christmas witch. I should have done Krampus instead of Mariah. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Krampus goes along do that with year. this, actually. Is it? Yeah. She's like... Well, you'll see. Perfect. This one was brought to my attention in our Facebook group. Sarah posted about it. And she was like, would you gals do an episode on this witch pretty please? She sounds fabulous. Perfect. And Kara, so I'm about to introduce you to Frau Perchta Perchta. of Germany. We just looked her up and and tried to figure out how to say it. YouTube says Perchta. I'm not positive. We just Googled y'all. Okay. So as Kara just mentioned, we've all probably heard of Krampus. Yep. A horned figure who, during the Christmas season, scares children who have misbehaved. And the way the legend is, um, Krampus and St. Nicholas visit children on the 5th of December that night. Mm -hmm. And the well-behaved children get gifts from St. Nick, like oranges, dried fruit, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But the naughty kids are punished with birch rods by Krampus. (laughs) So, dried fruit, or you get the crap beat out of you by a horned demon. Demon, yeah. Go. Germany's terrifying. It is. <laughs> but they have the best Christmas markets. I want to go so bad. They also make good beer, I hear. Yeah. Um, Cheese and good Frau food. Perchta. Oh. She's a friend of Krampus. Okay. Perfect. She is half woman, half demon. Is this Janet? <laughs> Queen of witches. Queen of witches. She's a half woman, half demon alpine monster who roams the hillside. During the 12 nights between Christmas and Epiphany. Oh. Along with her followers, unbaptized children known as Perchton. She is usually depicted as an old lady with a beaked nose made of iron, dressed in rags, carrying a long knife under her skirt. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. One of Perchta's most unusual traits is that one of her feet is shaped like a goose or swan's foot. Hmm. Don't know. A common interpretation, just one, one. and they take that and they interpret that as she's not human. She's like an otherworldly power. 
The following comes from boneandsickle.com, which is also a podcast. A particularly good representation of Perchta is a woodcut from 1750. It identifies her, I forgot to look this one up, as the Bootsen Birched, maybe? it's um, The word Bootsen comes from the word for boogeyman. Hmm. The woodcut depicts a crone-like character with dripping, warty nose. A dripping nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I need. That's terrible. <laughs> I don't care about any of the rest of it. Um, she's carrying a basket filled with screaming children, all girls, on her back. That's a big basket. She stands before the open door of a house where more girls are screaming, and she's holding this, like, pronged cane, as well as a distaff, which is the stick used to hold yeah. fibers that will be spun into wool or flax on a spinning wheel. Mm-hmm. So whenever I talk about spinning in this episode, I'm talking about like... We're not on bicycles. It's the thing that Sleeping Beauty pricked her finger on. The importance of this woodcut illustration is that it emphasizes Perchta's connection to spinning and to the females of the household responsible for the spinning. Mm. Okay. She is said to resemble the Scandinavian goddess Frigga. Freya. Yep. (laughs) No, I don't know. And like her, Perchta is obsessed with spinning. That's like her thing, all right? So Perch's goal is to make sure local customs are being upheld. A long, long time ago, this meant no weaving during the holiday. Mm. And you must feast with enthusiasm, which we'd be very good at. Oh, we're so good at that. So the rule was you had to have all your flax spun by Epiphany, January 6th. Mm. All girls had this like allotted amount of flax for the year. And you had to complete your weaving before the end of the Christmas season. Because at Was Rumpelstiltskin involved in this? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the Christmas season, that's when the big upright looms were supposed to go up. And if you oh. didn't have all your flax spun into thread, then you, you like messed up the whole process. Mm-hmm. So this is what she was very concerned with. It was also, it was really, really important to Persia that you do not do any weaving on her feast day. So you had to be finished with everything up until that day. Speaking of that feast... You also weren't allowed to eat anything on the night of her feast except for her favorite meal. Which was, Megan? Fish and gruel. I had to look up what gruel was because fish, I was already like, no. Gruel is um, a food consisting of some type of cereal, such as ground oats, wheat, rye, or or rice, heated or boiled in water or milk. It's a thinner version of porridge. And it more often had to be drank rather than eaten. You need that. that. Purchase coming for me. And wait till you hear what she's going to do to you when she finds She's going to do something to me? Oh, she is. In addition to all of that, Perchta was pretty obsessed with domestic neatness. Your house better be (laughs) (laughs) So here's how it works. You go to sleep on the night of January 6th. Terrified. (laughs) Shaking. <laughs> Perchta enters your house and just judges the crap out of you. Did you finish all your weaving before the holidays? Did you enjoy your feast? Did you leave out some of her favorite porridge for you her? You had no time to do this because you're trying to finish your weaving. Is your house neat enough? Heck no. If she judges all of this and is displeased. Three displeases later. Perchta would rip open your stomach and disembowel you. And then she would stuff the empty cavity with, like, stones and sticks and straw and just trash. Mm-hmm. And then she'd stitch you up and move along. 
You have some abdominal discomfort. As years, as the years passed and more peasant women entered the workforce, so like they couldn't devote all their time to the weaving. Did Perch to give them a little bit of a break? Well, she just started at that point focusing less on the local customs and more on like keeping the house clean Mm. and punishing laziness. Except on feast day when you couldn't couldn't do anything. She would super mad at you if you worked on feast day. Um, so it's basically like you had to work really, really hard all the time mm-hmm. and never be lazy. Right. Except for the holidays when and you weren't you allowed to take work. A break. And you better sit down and relax. I feel like the holidays are You worse better for eat us. that food. We're screwed. Oh, and like you had to enjoy that meal with the other people in your community. You with vigor. You couldn't be an introvert. Like, it's like I would have to go out and be like, I'm really happy to this be is here. The best time, guys. I'm going to drink. Cheers to all. And this. Che- I'm so happy, you guys. <laughs> I love all of you. This fashion girl is great. So be a hard worker and be friendly or die, basically. I choose death. Also, <laughs> also if you were good in Perched his Eyes, if you didn't get your belly slit open, um, you would instead get a small silver coin. So. That's it. Disembowelment or a dime. That's it. There's no in between. I choose death. <laughs> Folklorist John B. Smith called Perchta a sinister figure. Well, yeah. Punished the slovenly, the idle, the greedy, the inquisitive. There's one story where a farmhand spies on her. Like, he hid in a stove, which apparently must have been a really big stove, because he wanted to try and catch a glimpse of her. (laughs) Was he in Baba Yaga's? (laughs) I don't think so. And then she knew he was in there, so when he came out of the stove, he couldn't see anymore. He was blind. So, like, don't bother Perchta. Just don't bother her. Just leave her alone. Yeah. You can't. You don't have time to be bothering her. You got to be doing your weaving. Yeah. And you got to be cleaning your house. Feasting. Just behave and do your work. Don't do anything that might irritate her. And just move oh, along. I read across one very cute little statement that said she is especially intolerant of lying children. <laughs> one article said that lying children got their tongues scraped with glass. Another article said they got their eyes scraped out with glass. Either way, um, it seems. <laughs> Kara's face. <laughs> Either way, it just doesn't seem... Just don't. Just don't. Just be good. Author Stephen Morris wrote that his favorite story... Not Stephen Ray Morris from... No, no. ...is when she intrudes on a wedding reception she was not invited to attend. She curses the bride and the groom and the whole wedding party by transforming them into wolves. Hmm. So one of the interesting things about Perchta is she seems to have gone through some sort of transformation over the years. Aside from being this scary, belly-slitting monster, she's also known as Grandmother Winter. Oh! The youthful, beautiful woman who makes snow. The name Perchta means shining one. And it's like she started out as this beautiful pagan goddess. And then when Christianity took over, the lore about her made her into this scary hag. And I'm going to go more into that in a few minutes. It's really actually pretty interesting. So remember that goose foot she has? Yeah. It can be symbolic of her ability to shapeshift into animals. Well, she didn't completely shapeshift, though. Just the foot. Just it's like in Moana she's... when he's, like, trying real hard. <laughs> just imagine, like, that foot on you. <laughs> like many goddesses, Perchta has this duality of being both beautiful and kind as well as ugly and vindictive. Don't we all? Her evil, <laughs> Her evil and scary aspects have been greatly exaggerated in time, and her kind and nurturing aspect has been all but forgotten. Man. I know, but wait, it's, like I said, it's pretty interesting when we get into her history, but just a second. Just hold. This is just one random note that I couldn't find 
anything else on, but I had to tell you. There are many anthropologists who believe that Perchta's nurturing aspect, her association as a guardian of children, and her connection to geese may have ultimately been the inspiration behind Mother Goose. Mm-hmm. Gather around, children. Let Mommy Goose tell you a story. She pulled <laughs> Okay, let's talk about her duality. The, you know, mm-hmm. the beautiful young woman and the Ratchet. scary old crone, all that. And the kind and the mean. Okay, so when you really dig into the history of Perchta, here's what you find. In Germanic pagan tradition, the goddess Berchta mm-hmm. or Bertha protected women and children. Berchta was known as the lady in white or the white lady. And she watched over the forests and all of the wildlife in them. She was also the spirit guide who led the dead into their afterlife. And her duty was taking care of children who died in infancy. So that's why they were unbaptized children. So because of this thing where she led people into their afterlife, taking care of souls in that space between life and death, she was considered the goddess of in-between places. Hmm. So this whole in-between thing lends itself to that duality we talked about. Is she the white lady grandmother at winter or the monstrous old crone belly yeah. slitter? Yeah. She's like neither and both. You know, she's just right there. She can kind of go either way. Huh. So during the 6th century, the Catholic Church insisted the pagan practices stop. But women loved Birchta. She yeah. was their guardian, and yeah. she was their goddess, and they would leave out offerings of that porridge for right. her. They didn't want to give up this goddess who they felt like protected them and looked after their children. Yeah. So the church started actively speaking against Birchta, saying that people were praying to her instead oh. of praying to the Virgin Mary. Uh. By the 12th century, the church had renamed Birchta Perchta, mm. and they said that the Perchton which had previously been known as children she cared for, um, are actually frightening monsters. Oh, little imps. And Perchta was their leader. Yeah. So according to the lore now, they're like, she roams the hillside yeah. with her perched in, but which they're really saying are these little monsters. That's her taking the... Mm-hmm. So the image of the beautiful white goddess was transformed into one of an ugly crone with an iron face and a hook nose who carried a knife in her skirts to slit the bellies of anyone who crossed her. Essentially, the church turned her into a female Krampus. Yeah, that's exactly what, yeah. So despite all this, people kept up their worship. Mm -hmm. I think it's just that they remembered, and I imagine it was passed down. Even if they had forgotten the specifics, they knew that she wasn't always this. Yeah. So like other Christmas witches we've discussed, Perchta is a visible part of Christmas festivities in Austria and elsewhere. There's this thing called Perchtenlauf, which is perfect. I did not just say that like I've noticed, which is basically a parade full of noisemaking, fireworks, and people, mostly men, dressed as scary beasts with large horns. Hmm. Um, Remember how her followers are called Mm -hmm. Perchten? The participants in these processionals are also called Perchton. Oh, okay. And they serve to frighten away the cold, evil spirits of winter by out-uglying them. I love that. Out-ugly. Wow. I guess that's basically that every single fun. fight. I'm going to be uglier than you. This is amazing. Until I win. I love it. Today in Austria, particularly Salzburg, where she is said to wander through a castle a castle that starts with an h in the dead of night the perched in are still a traditional part of holidays and festivals and the wooden animal masks made for the festivals are today called perched in oh 
One of the articles I read interviewed a woman named Rebecca Bayer, a Mm -hmm. forager witch and scholar of Appalachian folklore and magic. Oh, I want to meet this person. I know, me too. She feels a strong connection to Perchta. She talked about some of her own traditions that she observes every year. She marks the epiphany with one of Perchta's favorite meals. I personally enjoy leaving out a meal of oat gruel and herring for her oh, on the 6th of January. You can't do it. And having some for myself in her honor. It smells bad. Don't you think it smells bad? <laughs> she says, I also enjoy creating art and imagery of her to honor her so she does not become a forgotten goddess. Oh, that's really cool. Today, Perchta is portrayed as a rewarder of the generous and the punisher of the bad, particularly lying children. Which, as long as you discuss, as long as you say it like that, really mm-hmm. vaguely, that sounds just like Santa Claus, too. Exactly. You're going to get cold if you're naughty. Yep. Except Perchta will slice your innards. Disembowel you. And give you pebbles like a Merry boy. Christmas. Happy Christmas, everybody. Murder and disembowelment. <laughs> but I, re- I do really love the... Yeah, I love that story. The origin and how she went from this beautiful thing to now she's this scary thing yeah all because she didn't line up with what the catholic church wanted which you have to wonder if it's just because the catholic church needed money (laughs) and if you didn't worship what they wanted they needed you know i always think it's interesting how the church comes in and takes changes changes the narrative yeah and i mean i guess that's part of the church's mission of educating maybe but i don't I don't know. I hate losing the local folklore of mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Um, particularly if it's like this, it's not just losing the folklore. Right. They change changed the it completely. Yeah. Like it's okay, I guess, if you want to, if you're saying in the name of education and spreading what you mm-hmm. believe, you need to replace it. But to completely change it, be no, like, like it this is not your protector. She's actually a demon belly slitting yeah. monster. Yeah. That, I think, is... How dare you give her our... So sad. Yeah. Dead babies. Like, in order to convince you to follow what we want you to follow, we're going to tell Make you... Make her look the right. worst yeah. that she possibly can. Yeah. You can't just rely on the power of yeah. your word. It's interesting to think about. That is. So, everybody go home and make some fish and some gruel. I do love seafood, but not... January 6th. So, you've all got a week's... Will we be here? Two weeks. We'll be back with Okay. We're not going out of town together. I'm going, going to order us a cake in the shape of fish and gruel. Oh, also, <laughs> no. I don't want to. Can you imagine a fish-shaped cake? Stop it. It'd be like one of those cakes that's made to look like something else. Mm-mm. We got the best voicemail. First of all, I love all the voicemails. It's yes. so fun to hear your all's voices. So you can go on Anchor mm-hmm. and leave us voicemails. I mean, you can leave us voicemails. If you download the Anchor app, yeah. it'll let you. Go you can Anchor. listen to our go podcast to, to, to get started. No, but uh, I mean, you can leave one on our Instagram too, but it's so fun on Anchor because... So we got one from Paul who had suggested Bessie Dunlop. Yes. The witch episode from a few weeks ago. And Paul is Scottish. He has a very, obviously, a Scottish accent yeah. and obviously a man. Incredible. And so it starts recording and he's like, hi, this is Rachel. <laughs> I love it so much. This is the best. Hi, this is Rachel. No, it's Paul. Um, thank you for doing the episode on Bessie Dunlop. I listened to it with my wife um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I grew up in Cowinning. I went to Boys Brigade at Cowinning Abbey, so... We'd been told the story of the witch that's supposed to haunt the Abbey Tower where she was tortured. And I must have researching it. It was a more interesting story than I expected. 
We went back to Dolry to take photographs and I've put it up on the Facebook. Thank you very much. Bye. I've had so many people listen to it because I was like, yes, this is, this is why our listeners are the best. Oh, yeah. Ones. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So like, we love our yeah. listeners. You so are much. so freaking funny. I swear you're the funniest people and I love it so much. Yes. So um, if you're not already in our Facebook group, please join the Facebook group because so that's how we fun. get to know you the best. Yeah. Um, And we're excited for the new year. Oh, my gosh. We've got so many things coming. Yeah. Guys. We've got some fun Patreon stuff. We're adding some Patreon stuff, as we've told you. We'll be posting about that soon. Um, and I have some plans for like, I know like the past month or so, I haven't been able to be very active in the Facebook group. I know. I just have, yeah. life. Life is but crazy. It's, I have some exciting plans of like things I want to do in there next year. So yeah. if you're not in there, you should join. And that's all. I hope that's you guys it. have a great holiday, whatever you do. Yeah, whatever. Whatever holiday you celebrate. Celebrate or don't if celebrate. any this yeah. time of year. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate you being here with us. Yeah. We love you so much. Uh, if you need to contact us, it's all in the show notes. It really is. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.